Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. My name is Dale Driver and today I'm joined on my left by Matt Perslow. Hello. How are you doing, Matt? I'm, I'm fine, thank you. How are you, Dale? I, I'm excellent. Good. I'm also joined by the notorious Jesse <laughs> Gomez. Why is it notorious? I don't know. That's it's just unfair. the first word that came into my mind. <laughs> the notorious JG. Yeah, that's <laughs> me. Um, I'm doing great. No one asked, but that's fine. I did, you know? Didn't I ask? No. Yeah, I probably didn't care. <laughs> that's really right, boys. Yesterday was a big day in America. The day they celebrate that movie <laughs> about all the aliens attacking. I don't know why it's a holiday, to be honest. It seems ridiculous to me. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's an all right movie. It's not yeah. the one that I dedicate the the sort of national holiday to. I mean, there's a hell of a speech in it. <laughs> yes. And, and Jeff Gobbins in it. Well, it's, a, it's a great cast. They're but, celebrating yeah. the day they betrayed us, basically. And I find that to be very sad. Okay. Unbelievable. We've got a colonialist <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the ranks. And of course, there's American Independence Day yesterday, but something that released on that day was the new season of Stranger Things. Very American. Is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah, totally, I mean, man. I mean, we have, I think we've all only watched episode one, right? So I watched yeah. the first two episodes. I've oh, watched oh, the first yeah. two, okay. Way too but far. I assume there's going to be July 4th celebration stuff in the season at some point. The, I think the second episode has an indication that they're built because it's it's set in July 1985, I yeah. think, is this, right, okay. this year. Um, and. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, you know, and there was a suggestion that, like, from one of the shopkeepers, I think, in episode two, that they're building up to, there's going to be a big celebration. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's obvious why it launched yeah, on Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because normally yeah. they were, there they, was Halloween releases, right? Wasn't it? Well, there was a Halloween release, and then there was a, a summer release, I think, the first one. Because the last one. one was definitely Halloween, because like, they lent into dressing up for Halloween as yeah. Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff at the start. The but first season, I think, came out. It was like out. more summer based, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It was more of a, I think it might have been a bit later than what we've got it this year, mm. but I remember it yeah. coming out in the summer. It seems like. Forever ago. It was 2016. Is that it? It feels like so much more than that. (laughs) Was it it 2016 or was it? I'm pretty sure it was 2016. I mean, it's been a year and a half since the last season. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was was longer than. But yeah, because it might have been 2016. It was like October 2017, was it, that the next season came out? Yeah, it's been. And that's been a bit of a roller coaster. I think we'd all agree. I think (laughs) Mm. we've all got broadly similar ideas. So I watched season one the day it came out. Um, there didn't seem to be a lot of hype around it, but it was. I knew it was definitely going to be my sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it. I adore like the eighties is an era that I really, really like, despite only living two years of it. <laughs> um, and you know that music. That's. Uh, but it's the style of filmmaking. And when I saw that it wasn't just a show set in the eighties, but it was a show that took eighties style filmmaking and yeah, replicated yeah. it, I was like, that is a show for me. Watched the entirety of season one over two days, basically when it first came out. <laughs> And I adore that season. I think it's one of the best pieces of television of the I've, decade. I've not met a human being who didn't like the first season of Stranger Things. Yeah. I think it, it, it was truly super became, strong. Yeah, it became part of like the zeitgeist for like at least a few months where it was like, do you have Netflix? Have you seen Stranger yeah. Things? That was the conversation <laughs> that everybody was happening, having, uh, having. And then season two came around and everyone was so super excited for it. 
and then it just sort of fell uh, it fell flat for me I don't yeah. know about the general public I think generally people seem to mostly enjoy it I think it depends on who you talk to I think the wider kind of landscape of sort of TV viewers sort of I think loved it yeah um, but I think if you talk to people that are a bit more maybe in the bubble there was it was a, considered a bit of a disappointment that year yeah. I think so like most people I've spoken to that you know are in entertainment journalism or games or stuff like that were just like yeah this was the season that didn't quite do it for me yeah. I watched it you know was ready I watched season one the two weeks before it came out yeah. did that in a day me and a friend <laughs> just sat on the sofa for eight hours and did that and then when season two came out we did it in a day and yeah it was kind of like I was waiting for it to have that moment and like I was enjoying being back with the characters but I I think I'd hoped that there would be a bit more of a central focal point to that second mm, season yeah. and it felt a bit all over the place there was stuff with Dustin and he got that weird kind of creature that he was looking after and I was like right, yeah. oh, okay they're gonna this one's gonna be almost like the tribute to gremlins and then that sort of never happened yeah and it, it almost felt like it had spread itself a bit thin I had, I had a, a few problems with the second season but the first thing I remember or the thing that comes to mind is season one felt like like almost like a love song to the 80s yes. like a tribute whereas two felt like the 80s had thrown up all over it it yeah. was like very heavy in all its references even so for some, what was that episode where it's 11 on our own I can't remember what number so, that, I think that was the weakest episode well, so, the weakest that one. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I guess I have the controversial opinion oh, really? on this one. Oh, so wow. it's the episode that stood out to me because it felt like the the rest of the season and I know that you know most people don't agree with me on this but yeah. I felt like as you say, the most of that season felt like the 80s throwing up on it. Mm. And it was all kind of everywhere. Season, that episode seven was the one which felt like this feels like a different type of 80s, whereas the stuff in season one had all been very Amblin, kind yeah. of E.T., yeah. early Spielberg stuff. That was the stuff that felt to me a bit more like the Warriors, a bit more like the Lost Boys. It got kind of that urban, gritty sure, sort of 80s. Yeah. And I kind of enjoyed, because I wanted every season of Stranger Things almost to be a different homage to different elements of the 80s. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of what I'd hoped from the entire season. Yeah, I, I think But you just got it on its this weird solo piece. I thought on that episode, though, that like... I think that might have worked if the crew around her weren't just so irritating <laughs> and not engaging in the slightest. They I are cliches, not. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're terrible. And there's also that sequence which is, it's not just an homage to Empire Strikes Back. It's a direct <laughs> rip-off of Empire Strikes Back. And that's why I thought they just went a little bit too hard into the references as well. Mm -hmm. Although, saying that, already in the first episode of season three, I've noticed there's a, quite a heavy Star Wars reference like in the opening scene as yeah, well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't feel like this time I, I feel like I quite enjoyed it how do you what are your general without spoiling we're not going to mm -hmm. spoil it yep. what are your general thoughts on the first episode or first two episodes um, I wasn't that particularly excited to be honest I'm recalling back to season one I really liked like the, the small town American vibe the yeah. characters and the stories was really on point as well as the, the scares and the threats felt very real and then when it came to season two I kind of lost that American vibe and then with season three I just I think it's, I can't word it any other way than like the 80s vibe has like worn off for me. I can understand that. No? Like, there's been a lot of stuff, as well, especially yeah. with like the It films coming out as yeah. well. Like it seems to be like, and there's a lot of games as well based in that time period and maybe it's outstayed as well. Coming yeah, a there's bit. this weird resurgence of kids doing stuff in the 80s, like in a small American town with bikes all mm. the time and stuff. And as well, I think, Maybe because I was watching on the train and, you know, it was packed and stuff and I was watching on my little phone. Yeah, but we did tell you to watch this at home last night, I by know, the way. We decided was, yesterday we were going to do this on podcast. We said, watch it at home. So you watch I on had, the train in the morning. I had an essay to finish off 
But um, I don't know. I was just watching through the episode. I didn't really feel much, but it's just the first episode. They're not really getting up to any strange things during the first episode. <laughs> I know. I'm smart, but um, I know it's just. I felt like it, it was a bit. It was a bit too much. And as well, with all the eighty song playing in the first episode of season three, yeah. there were like eight songs that they had to play through. And I felt like that was just a bit too much. I really like the original score, like the kind of synth yeah. score that. So Kyle Dixon's season. score, which I think yeah, is yeah. very good. It's too. really unlike. There's still a lot of that in there. I, I thought. Oh yeah, there was a lot of that in there. I think it was just too much like too much of the 80s kind of like let's listen to this soundtrack of songs throughout an entire yeah. episode it just so, i don't know just, i didn't it seems like your main issue then was it was it leaned away from the sci-fi elements of the first episode whereas for me i really really enjoyed the first episode because i felt like it was me catching up with these characters who i like i yeah. like a lot of them who and it's seeing how they've gotten on since they've grown and they have grown a lot yeah, yeah, as well sure. especially it's if you've been a while like, since season two like uh, Finn is it Finn Wolfhard is it yeah yeah, yeah so Mike yeah he's yeah. grown up so much <laughs> like it, but also like in the episode like I think he's especially in the first episode he's become a bit of a dickhead as well like and in a way that teenagers tend to do you know yeah. around that age they and make a point of that especially with yeah. the, um, the the dad cop trying to hop, you know yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. it <laughs> so I think I probably lean in closer now to you than Dale so I yeah. adored the first episode mm-hmm. it felt like I was coming back to the thing that I loved rather than yes. this kind of shadow of the thing that I wanted it to be Um, the thing that I really like I think it comes across probably within the first 20 minutes of it this is whereas season one is very much an Amblin 80s movie it is now moved into the John Hughes kind of era absolutely they're older they're actually properly interested in girls now (laughs) there is this stuff where kind of like because you know um, Lucas is going out with Max and uh, you know Eleven and Mike have their thing and Dustin has kind of got this girl that he's kind of obsessed with but nobody's seen her yet she's a very big kind of 80s kind of (laughs) trope but like the whole thing where they're on about is like oh yeah she's she looks like Phoebe Cates but better it's like (laughs) when I was a kid i had such a crush on phoebe gates and it's just like i know exactly what he feels like do you like uh i'm not insulting you here jesse but do you know who phoebe gates is no yeah because i wouldn't assume you because she's like a particle she's in gremlins oh right okay yeah 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 yeah. and um but like i feel like sometimes you need to have those references to make to enjoy the show a little bit yeah i appreciate a little bit more and stuff like that because a few things like that obviously go over my head since i just I wasn't born around no, then. Of course, so yeah. Know. No, you, you shouldn't be expected to know all <laughs> yeah. these references, you know. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, but like like you said, I agree with you, Matt. Like I thought it was it was great. Like catching up with the guy, even like uh, with Billy, who I thought yeah. was a bit of a like, a bit of a Carbo character yeah. in the mm-hmm. last season. I still feel like I'm getting to see a little bit more to him now. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, he's he's clearly like he's into this this cougar hunting sort of situation. <laughs> yeah. But he's also, you could see like the fragility behind him. You could see like his insecurity there as well when he's in his car, when he's driving to things. He's like, he's rehearsing his lines yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. I that think, was a funny scene. Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm really going to enjoy this season. Yeah, so and so episode two has got uh, I think carries on with the things that I really liked about there's a there's like you know the the shopping mall that they've already set up in yeah. like that has got a really nice sequence in it where they do like a shopping montage yeah but it's done to Material Girl oh, and it's like it's, okay. it's that perfect I love that era of pop so much although is that not just a little bit on the nose there? it is yeah. but it's that on the nose where I sort of you know I, I 
you know pump the air when i've sort of like got that <laughs> i mean it's, it is a when banger you, so. yeah <laughs> when you've got the right song with the right montage yeah i think the whole thing is is like the 80s was quite a cheesy era and so yeah like it is on the nose but it's so representative of that era of filmmaking and that's the thing it's like the way that the shots are done the way that the the camera movements because it's based on the idea of like the tech that was available to camera operators at that time which was obviously a lot more stilted yeah. than it is now you get all of that to it and the color vibrancy and stuff like that there are all these things mm. and like the opening of not to ruin what happens in the opening of uh, of episode one mm. but even the way that there is some electricity effects in it which are so star wars yeah, in their look. yeah yeah anything that replicates that era like i love that almost physical you know when sort of like cgi was so in its infancy that you'd have all these physical props yeah. and then you would do film effects over the top yeah, yeah, with like yeah. bits of cut out kodak and stuff like that anything that does stuff like that is automatically going to get me on side i thought the cgi in that open scene was a little bit ropey it is <laughs> but i yeah. sort of think it's endearingly yeah. ropey i mean it, you kind of have to give it a bit of leeway like i think we've been spoiled with game of thrones with yeah. like mm-hmm. you know ridiculous budget cgi for yeah. television yeah and you have to remember it is a, a tv show at the end mm-hmm. of the day and uh, no yeah I'm really excited to watch the rest of it. I have to watch one episode a night with my wife. Am I allowed to watch it outside of that? I was tempted to watch one on the tube this morning, but I decided... No, you don't uh, want to watch that on a... Like, you know, nah, it's 4K yeah. HDR is the yeah, way it's forced, Also, right? you know, they're 45-minute episodes. There's only eight of them. Yeah. It's like, it won't take That's long. the good thing. I'm yeah. pleased that it's not over eight. Like, I know last yeah. season was nine, but yeah. I think eight episodes is a real sweet spot for television yeah. now. Yeah, they're not fucking up like the Marvel Netflix shows yeah. did by always having three too many episodes. Yeah, well, so on the side of this, I've been watching Jessica Jones. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, I really, really, I think season one of Jessica Jones is up there. Oh, in, I really like season one as in, well, yeah. In this kind of, like, it is, it's not just a good Marvel show, but it's actually a really important show in so many ways and this is the final season of this the, is the final the Netflix season kind yeah. of Marvel stuff um, right? yeah. I think it's alright but I think the key difference is is Stranger Things has my attention I'm watching Stranger Things hmm. most of Jessica Jones I've been watching while circling through my Twitter feed uh, and that's, <laughs> that's not a good sign is it yeah it's kind of and so much television now is me watching it while also checking out what Twitter's on it's like there was only really been Game of Thrones and Stranger Things this yeah. year which has had I haven't watched Chernobyl yet and I'm sure that God, has oh, kind so of got good. Her. yeah Chernobyl was brilliant um, so I find like uh, so when me and my wife sit down to watch a movie like iPad phones I was like okay we've got to put the phone we put the well, phones I'd on the like table to. and I think that's the best way to, to watch it and then you'll find yourself more engaged because the temptation's there but I absolutely hear like yeah. when we watch things like comedy shows and stuff like that there is the tendency to I'm going to browse Twitter while I'm watching yeah. this it's easy to get distracted when you're watching shows that don't feel like as important it, I think my, my point is it's not that it just feels less important it's just kind of like if Jessica Jones like one of you know one of my favourite characters from Marvel and had such a strong season one like it's just clear that the writing isn't as good yeah. this time around if I'm literally going to Twitter a place that is full of inane bullshit <laughs> yeah. for my entertainment when I could just devote my attention to that there's obviously something yeah. there that's, that's absolutely a good me. counterpoint yeah like if it was that engaged and you wouldn't yeah. be ever consider looking at your phone I found like um, there was a period where I was watching Netflix shows and I would be tempted to look for my phone and I remember watching Narcos was the first one mm. where I realised I can't do this anymore because subtitles. there's a lot of fucking subtitles to read <laughs> so I like and then I we tried to make it a point at home like put the phone down while we're watching certain yeah. shows like Chernobyl was one like we finished that a few days ago and it was a brilliant show for us like, we haven't really spoke about it on this podcast actually no I think is uh, I, I know you and Joe have watched it I haven't got around to it yet uh, yeah I think Cardi was planned to watch it I don't think 
Uh, be, I know Al's watched a couple of episodes yeah. as well. It's almost certainly something that will come up in the end of year podcast because oh, it will be, it's, it, I it's know it is a really, highlight of TV. Really I, I good th- TV. I, I think the best thing about it is, not to go on a little Chernobyl bit, but um, everybody kind of knows about Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this gives you the full information and things that I never really considered. I just knew there was this nuclear meltdown mm-hmm. in Chernobyl, in Ukraine. It happened in the 80s. And then a lot of people are affected by it. That's basically the breadth of my knowledge about Chernobyl when I was going into the show. So yeah. I learned so much about it. So much so that I didn't want to read Wikipedia yeah. in between yeah. episodes just in case it spoiled me. Well, that was the thing I had with... Did you watch Boardwalk Empire? Uh, I watched the first season of Boardwalk Yeah, Empire. so I watched... Like, that was one of my favourite shows of the time. And it was a case of I refused for basically for, what, five years to read anything about that period of American yeah. history. It was like, I don't want to know because all of these main characters could potentially have been killed yeah, at that point in history. Yeah. I was like, I, that, they literally are shows spoilers yeah. then back to narcos i did the same yeah. thing that i was like <laughs> i refused to read about i mean i knew pablo escobar died spoilers uh, <laughs> but i didn't know what the full events were and i mm. yeah just refused to uh, narcos mexico is a really good show that people seem to sl- have slept on by the way mm. i really enjoyed that watch that recently. is that still a continuation from like or is that a spin-off so it's a continuation exactly? of the real world but it's, yeah. it's different people it's a right, different okay. drugs it's about mexico it's a different yeah. how like people rose up in mexico starting with uh, weed and then going into right. cocaine is it still based off kind of like a, a central figure like Escobar was? yes yeah there's still okay. one I don't want to tell you who though because in the first episode they okay. kind of like twist your expectations okay all right you cool. should watch it though it's really good yeah, yeah. Anyway. well at least you know we can't have Stranger Things spoiled for us by history because the mind players <laughs> don't exist <laughs> that you know Thankfully. of that you know of I mean I've played Dungeons and Dragons campaigns <laughs> with them in they were pretty scary there uh I'm not Cardi. I'm not going to do a segue. I'm just going to say the next thing on the list, which is Rainbow <laughs> Six Siege Showdown. That yeah. was fun. Matt, that's a thing, give us an overview. It? What happened? So Showdown is a 3v3 limited time mode that has arrived in Rainbow Six. Um, I'm guessing because it's quite it's it's set in the Old West, and I'm guessing the reason why it's turned up now is because a bit of Americana wouldn't go amiss yeah, at this yeah, time I of year. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> um, and it basically uh, two teams of three start on either end of what is kind of like. Uh, it's like a gold fortress, isn't it? You know, yeah. like, like it's, it's not much of a fortress, though, no. is it? Really, it's, it's a box with with <laughs> yeah. a, an upper floor and a lower floor, yeah. and inside that box is a chest full of gold. And basically, the gold acts as the secure area yeah. objective. And so, um, three people are on attack, three people on defend. Um, do a secure area mode but the difference being is everybody's dressed up as cowboys mm-hmm. there are only so many operators on either side that you yeah, can choose there's like, there's like five each side yeah there's I a think. nice selection yeah. and they've all got I think quite good skins that they've yes. done for these uh, but the only weapons they can use are, are the revolver which is the revolver that you might have used if you've played Montaigne yeah. or any of the French operators and the uh, double um, shot break barrel shotgun that Vigil and Dakaibi yeah. use Um they're two of the most annoying weapons in the game because <laughs> yeah. if you're not very good at getting a headshot with them, you're not going to stand a chance. Especially because they can't be accessorized as yeah, well. There's I've, nothing no. you can do to improve them. Mm-hmm. I've never felt so shit about my skills when it comes to playing Rainbow Siege than yeah. what this game has actually just put forth in front of me because those the shotgun especially, you might as well be using a Nerf gun or yeah. something. Well, it's impossible okay. to get a shot. Because the thing is with the shotgun is so it's a break barrel, two shells in, shut. Yeah. Um, and because it's Dekaibis, it's not a buckshot. It's loaded with solid slug shells. Right. So basically you have to get a good sort of neck or head shot for it to go because you can't yeah. just expect the spread to catch yeah. someone in it. Yeah. If they'd done that, I probably <laughs> would be getting a lot more kills in yeah. it than yeah, I am. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love... 
the fact that they've done this I love the fact that they did the April Fool's Rainbow's yeah. Magic thing as well because this is only running for two weeks yeah mm. I, th- I think these sort of things are brilliant I love these sort of events but the actual event itself is not fun to play and no, I think no. it's in fact pretty poor uh, I I like the skins I've got a new hat for Kaid hey. and I'm like always now I feel the urge to play Kaid in yeah. normal modes because of the hat but it takes away a lot of what I love about Siege which is the intel and the recon and yeah because the, there's the, no preparation phase no. or you immediately go into it so it's not like you've got little horses that you send out no, to yeah, try and nothing. find the gold yeah. or it's anything. super fast pace which is not it's cool like a nice change of pace mm-hmm. and it's got a really cool um a voiceover like, guy as well yeah, oh yeah there's yeah. a weird narrator at the yeah. side it's like oh the whole stone gang <laughs> yeah. they're here that, that's kind of cool but it's it, I played it for about an hour or so and then I thought that's me done with that yeah. I'm going back to the normal mode it, it doesn't feel right when I start a Rainbow Six match and grenade spam has already started immediately yeah. like that happens in Call of Duty on the smallest maps it mm-hmm. shouldn't happen on Siege and yeah. it just kind of throws you off it just it's it just doesn't feel like that sort of game, but like it's just a special event. It's, yeah, it's not affecting the main game, so um, I hope they do many more of these things, and hopefully some of them nail it a bit more and get. Yeah. I like tell you it. what is more fun though. I've been playing Apex Legends season two. Oh right, okay. That's that's it. so. How much Apex have so you guys I played? I played a shitload when it first came out mm-hmm. for about three weeks, and then realised. I can't compete and <laughs> I want to go back to Siege so yeah. I just sort of gave up and then that was it really mm-hmm. fair enough I only played I started playing it when I joined the office here and I think it's a blast like the controls are really smooth mm-hmm. it's you know respawn they're great at doing yeah. first person shooters um, I'm not particularly fantastic mm. at the game I just really enjoy playing it just because mm-hmm. of the movement so um, Apex is one of the things that when it came out because Titanfall 2 is it's not only one of my favourite games of all time but it's also actually on my multiplayer rotation okay. I still play that multiplayer oh, nice. today uh, and so a battle royale set in that like I've never quite clicked like I quite liked PUBG for a little while but again found like the skill ceiling was just too high yeah. Fortnite I was sort of okay with Apex was the one where it was like everything about this battle royale works for yeah. me and I probably played it quite heavily. Like, it was my lunchtime game when I used to work at PC Games End. Mm-hmm. So before I moved over here. And then we brought you back to Siege. <laughs> brought me back cause it, cause, yeah, because Siege used to be lunchtime game yeah, at, yeah. at PCGN. And then it changed to Apex. And now I'm back on Siege. Um, but um, the thing I found is probably about um, six or seven weeks into it, just the skill ceiling just became too high. And I yeah. wasn't competitive anymore. Season two has fixed it. Okay. Ooh. Because they added rank mode. So now all of the really good people are in ranked <laughs> oh, yeah. mode. Okay. And suddenly it's like, it's great because everybody I'm being teamed up with and every time, because you know how it tells you like who the champion of the last yeah. match was and yeah, like they're ridiculous. always around my level. And I'm like, right. wait, suddenly I'm actually, and I've had two wins in two days. That's yeah, so suddenly it's like, wow, I can actually play Apex again with people that are on sort of my rough level and we're having fun again. Yeah. So you are you playing ranked but it's just no no so I'm playing I'm playing casual casual, yeah like I think like if I could get good at casual I would go into ranked in the same way that we've done with rainbow but I'm probably not going to play apex as much as I play rainbow so I'm not actually fussed about going into ranked yeah I just like I think the smoothness of the controls and the way that game works and like it fixed so many things that I had problems with about battle royales and it's got the titanfall elements to it still got amazing skidding yeah yeah (laughs) like superb skidding just the way that like you know you shield 
shield top up. I love like the animations of getting out those big shield containers yeah, and pulling the yeah. like it's so satisfying everything. And so like they've added new weapons. Like they've got the L Star, which was a great weapon in Titanfall Two, mm-hmm. and they've put it in and they've slightly recalibrated it yeah. for thingy. I've got the new character Watson that they bought in oh, cool, this one. Okay. I got enough kind of like the free currency to buy one, and I was like, she looks really cool. Is um, she more support based because she can put up like what these she's electrified a, grids? She's a defense character. She's actually the closest they've ever had to Fortnite, really, in which she puts up electrified fences so oh, if you're okay. like in a final circle you can kind of put these fences up around that's the really doors cool. that's, and stop people from, that's good i think they can come through them but they get massively slowed down that feels like a siege thing yeah well, and yeah. like the other night i got you know the mastiff which is the golden shotgun that yeah. you can only get out of drops i got that and i've never had it before i didn't realize that it's basically just instant murder <laughs> just had a great time with it and she's got her ultimate as you put down like a pile and she's got this big pylon on her back pulls it out, unfolds it, and it just instantly regenerates people's shields oh, around that's you. Cool. That's really so dope. The, like there's a new dynamics in the game though, like because I haven't played it for a little while. I'm like actually being able to play with people who are on my level with a cool new character and seeing like the map has changed as well you know the big monsters that were off map mm-hmm. like they've now like waded into the land <laughs> so they can move around and there's like okay. these big like you, you occasionally hear them just screaming oh and, god like, does it actually affect the map though can you get like crushed so by one of them I don't know if you get, I know that they pick up their feet and I don't think they actually move across the map but if they drop their foot again and you're, you're in the crater you're you fucked crushed yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's I was, was going to ask actually like uh, so I assume they have haven't got a new map yet it's just so like one it's still king's canyon but there are di- they've done the Fortnite thing where different areas have now been changed so they're like you can gradually see where like new buildings have been set up and okay. obviously right. they've got new loot in it um and obviously um sort of areas might have been blown up so they've gone from being kind of like quite grassy to a bit more scorched yeah, okay. like the forest like now as well isn't it proper yeah. forest green and right. and so as you go around there are these big cages with like dragons in it and you can sort of like shoot the dragons in the cages but then when people die now um the dragons that are loose will pick up their loot and then you can shoot the dragons out the sky and they drop the loot box that's, that's weird so there's all of this and i can see kind of i assume season to season the story of this arena will go on because the whole idea is basically there was a giant pylon in the middle of the arena that was keeping the monsters at bay okay. and now that has been destroyed and you can see it physically like on the ground yeah. that's what's let like the big leviathan I think they're called leviathans have come onto the land and stuff like that I, I do like, sorry go on Jesse I like the sound of like PVE mixed with PVP as yeah. well so, so potentially it, having dangerous like animals and exotic kind of stuff yeah, like that yeah they're not a the danger to you, you yeah. but you just kind of like you, you can interact with them mm. um, but yeah it might be interesting to see kind of like obviously the big multiplayer thing that Titanfall had was there were five enemy pilots on the map but actually there were lots of enemies to fight because it would be drop podding like really low level grunts in yeah. that were just controlled by AI the idea of bringing a little bit of that into it because I don't think they're probably never going to bring Titans into it because that's just massively overpowered even yeah. if you've got that like be super a cool, scrappy though. Titan that would only take <laughs> one shot to bring down it's still too much of an outbalance yeah. for that's that a- it's a, you know they've got their own they've got a multiplayer game with Titans yeah, and yeah, stuff exactly. already yeah this is something different but the idea of bringing a little bit of that PVE and maybe there are some kind of like you know because obviously um, Blackout does it they have the zombies on the map yeah. don't they so maybe something like that yeah it's cool sounds good yeah anyway again I'm not going to do a segue I'm just going to go into the next segment Jesse's VR Corner let's yep. make this a regular segment if you, they, well, this oh jeez I don't know how that's going to go this is the pilot you. mate this is okay, the pilot if you right. nail it then maybe it could be a regular segment alright right. let's see how that goes go on Jesse alright so I've been messing around with um, VR quite recently I decided to um, go out and purchase my very own first VR headset so the mm. Oculus Rift S 
God, you went in big, didn't you? Didn't yeah, just yeah. go for a little PSVR. You were so, like all the money. So for the people who don't know, and that I include me, uh, what is the difference between the Rift and the Rift S? Right. So the original Rift is essentially like it's you got your headset and then a few wires that plugs into your computer but then you also have the added i guess weight of having sensors dotted across your room that yeah. have to be connected to your pc so it's quite cumbersome yeah but with the rift s it's got what's called inside out tracking so there's literal like little cameras on your headset so when you're playing vr you don't have to have any of those vr cameras dotted around the room it's just okay. a single wire so no sensors though. yeah no sensors at all it's just from the headset to your pc and that's it. And that's you have cool. like access so the, to the, the helmet is effectively looking at the yeah, room. Yeah, it's, it's tracking. And, yeah. It's tracking. You so know, you have to do a big calibration with your room, I guess. At the start. Um, not entirely. Like you can, you can have a decent VR experience just near enough standing still. Like obviously, you want to put some kind of safety barriers. And Oculus Rift S allows you to do that because it has um when you're putting up the like the guardian that's what it's called yeah um you can actually see your room and everything like that so you can actually see through the cameras it's really creepy because all in black weird. and white and stuff but you can actually set boundaries with the controllers it's really intuitive and smooth and then so like does it come up like does it do that wireframe thing yeah like, yeah like it kind of does something like boundary, that yeah it's um honestly it's really exciting times for vr yeah. i think just because as of recent we've had the oculus rift s yeah and then the quest as well which is mm-hmm. even more exciting i think than the rift so that's s. the one where you don't need a pc right yeah that is just fully wireless and it feels really really great okay now that, that's like I've got two main problems with VR but yeah. one of them was the idea of having to be connected like we've it's got be, it's the tethered experience that kind of yeah. takes you out well, we've got in the corner of this room right now we've got like a VR station and we've got all these huge cameras on poles and yeah. just cables everywhere it's a bit of a mess and anything that makes the process simpler is yeah, more yeah. intriguing I think the the problem is with when it comes to the Quest specifically is that because it's on the Oculus platform you're kind of in this like closed marketplace because mm-hmm. if you're using the Rift S or the HTC Vive or even you know the new Valve Index yeah. you have Steam you have the Oculus Store and you have other like third party apps that you can make use of right. if you're using the Quest then you're just stuck inside this kind of rather small ecosystem with not a lot of games it's effectively so a mobile phone isn't it in yeah, terms yeah, of like it sure. has its own operating system and it has its own yeah. store yeah, and obviously I assume the Quest is it's going to be nowhere near as powerful as the PC. No, that no, you have. not all. So, um, what's it called? Star Wars, uh, Darth Vader Immortal mm-hmm. came out not too long ago, and I've been playing a ton of that recently, and it is quite fun. But jumping from the Quest to the Rift S, there are humongous, clear graphical differences, and it depends on your setup as well. So I have a fairly good setup at home when it comes to my PC. Yeah, but just seeing the difference from the Quest to the Rift S, it's. Uh, it makes you wonder whether it's worth it or not, how important graphics are yeah. to you mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, for me, it's like, obviously graphics are nice, but obviously, am I having fun is the, is the main thing. Yeah, and, yeah, and, for sure. And if it means, if being wire-free means I have a better time, then I would lean yeah, to that. For but sure. I think the thing that puts me off more is what you just said about the, the options of what games you can actually get. Yeah, because when it comes to the Quest, obviously it's it's like a little inbuilt PC, like you said, just mm-hmm. kind of like a mobile phone. So the processing power isn't really there. So you're not yeah. going to have access to like Skyrim VR, Fallout VR, sure. and you know those kind of bigger but titles they're, they're like the that. Sort of games that are, I don't know about you, but I don't want to play those sort of games on VR. I yeah. want unique things. Like I, the you want to experience new things. I that's don't why like you have playing VR. VR, right? Because I get motion sickness. But yeah. If I do, I want it to be because, okay, this thing looks incredible. I can't experience it any other way. So, I have to play VR. There's, I don't, Jesse, you might actually know what the game is that I'm about to describe to you, <laughs> but there is a game where you get to play. It's almost like a fantasy game when you've got swords and axes and stuff like that, but it's like a proper fighting game. So you can grab people like by the throat and like just impale yeah, them with I, swords. I, I've been and, playing tons of this and I've posted a few videos on my tour actually. I'm, I think you're referring to Sword and Sorcery. It might be. Like as someone yeah. that just kind of like, I don't ever want 
want to kill anyone in real life, but like I do really? love a, I do love a bit of violence in games. So okay. kind of like the ability to kind of like just do like proper sword yeah. fighting and that ridiculous thing of seeing like yeah. this feels like something in Black Mirror episode. Yeah, like, yeah. let you it's, live out your murder <laughs> fantasies. It's, it's, it's honestly it's a very visceral game, and it is kind of weird when you're playing it because you're able to like grab someone and stab them as many times, and you can chop their heads off or throw them off a bridge and stuff. Okay, it's, it's kind of <laughs> fucked up, but it's 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 just a fun it's a fun it's a fun game. It's, it's got magic fun, in it as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you like can, you can you can do your force lightning and shit yeah. like that. It's crazy. It's a lot about you two that you find this fun. Yeah, but if you're playing Disgusting. like if you're Both playing like Dale, you love a bit yeah, of Resi. Exactly. <laughs> if you're playing mad violent games on console, then it's it's worth at least experiencing some kind of VR kind of getting no, 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 no. mad. I mean, you know, like if it's a different thing that you can't experience anywhere else, then I'm interested in it. Yeah. What I'm not interested in is like I love Resident Evil Seven. I had no desire to play that in VR. Yeah. It's also because, not very good in VR. Yeah. Well, really? it's, a ga- it's a game I wanted to sit down on my sofa and play. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to sit there with a headset for like for eight hours. It's an intense experience wearing a headset. Yeah, of course. And you wouldn't want to do that because your eyes. I'm pretty sure you'll end up being. You'll be pretty fucked by the end of the day yeah, if you're wearing a VR yeah. headset. But I had to do a preview thing once. I won't say the game. Slag um, <laughs> 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 off. Um, but it's a game where they came into our studio and they put on it was on PSVR yeah. and it was just sitting down I was sitting in a chair and I had to play it for an hour straight and I, I felt so sick like I just sort of sweat was beating off my head and afterwards they're like what do you think and I was like yeah it's great and then I just gotta get to the toilet I had to go yeah. out there and like practically throw up and wash Jesus. my face because it was an hour of that was an intense experience there, uh, are, there are a lot of things you have to keep in mind what mind when you're going to go for a VR experience. So actually the the space between your eyes can make a huge difference when you're playing VR. I think it's called IPD. So if it's too far apart or too short, it can actually <laughs> mess up the way you're playing because you won't be able to um it'll actually make you feel sick. I There's like, saying to someone that like, you can't really know, play VR, the gap between your eyes is too big. It's, it's, it's messed up, but there is like an optimal kind yeah, of sure. uh you know they say when like it comes to VR. Kids um to a certain age can't use VR, right? Is that am I missing? I mean that? I'm sure because like the distance between I mean yeah. their, their faces like, are I tiny. remember seeing somewhere that saying like you know, children under the age of ten. I don't know. I'm just this purely guessing. Like with it. when the DS came out, that so yeah, there was a worry with the 3D. Uh, they were like, please don't. You know, a child don't let them play in 3D because kind of like it. I think yeah. because of the development of the eyes. Yeah, that's mad. But there's, there's something I've always loved about VR, and it's being able to experience the scale of things. Yeah. So I've never quite had that feeling when I'm playing just a normal game. Like mm-hmm. you might see a tall building and think, you know, it doesn't really matter. But when yeah. you're playing in VR, something as basic as a, sky, a skyscraper feels pretty amazing because yeah. you're actually able to look up and even when I was playing um, Vader Immortal there's a scene when Darth Vader walks up right towards you Jesus, and stuff yeah. and it I never you would never think how fucking huge how and tall this guy scary, is right? Right? it's really fucked mm-hmm. up I remember VR. playing in the Batman um, Arkham VR game it's just like how big everybody was and yeah. there's like it's, it's Killer Croc near the end isn't it Yeah, and he just fucking joined us <laughs> and it was actually like I want to close my eyes. Like yeah. it's actually a little bit scary about how intimidating these people are. Even just seeing, yeah, like the Joker and like I remember. I think it's do you do a bit of a Nightwing in that? Or is is, it, is it, he's having a fight in an alley, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. And it just meant that people standing near me, and I'm like, I'm a little bit scared <laughs> and a bit intimidated by you right so now. So yeah. the the only like I'm I'm not a huge fan of VR, mm-hmm. and, um, but the um, the one that I have played that actually I was like, wow, this is, and it was a game converted to VR was when LA Noir was done in VR. Okay. Right. Okay. And it's the only time where I've like actually this is the. Uh, a traditional game that I really like in VR because actually sitting down at a desk and questioning someone yeah, and having like a buffer that sounds really good actually yeah. and yeah. there's a thing that it does like um, so I've played it on the HTC Vive which I guess is you know the most complex yeah. of at least at the time when it's I played it yeah it was it was the best mm-hmm. 
there's a difference between the Oculus and obviously the yeah. HTC Vive, but a lot of people preferred the HTC Vive at release. But the thing I found was kind of like I was opening the the, the notebook and you've obviously got all your questions in to talk to them, but you can make notes in it because you've actually <laughs> got the pen. But the thing I found is the moment I put the pen to the paper, I could feel like the nib of the pe- uh, the pencil break as it hit the paper. Okay. It's got yeah. so many little mad things. Great tactile feedback then. And like there's not many of the missions that are in like it's a much shorter version of LA Noir. Yeah. But the bit where they're doing a bank robbery and like you... The you, shootout. Yeah, you like, drive yeah. to the bank and you get out and you literally open the trunk of the car. And you grab the gun and pull the shotgun yeah. out and you're loading the individual shells into yeah. the gun and then you're literally pulling it back. And the way that you hide up against the walls and I was yeah. doing this in my old office. Yeah. And like, it sounds I could hear people yeah. laughing at me because I was just smacking, like <laughs> as I was going up against the wall of the bank, I got to the wall of the office so yeah. I was sliding <laughs> along the wall like shimmying up and then like firing through a door yeah. which quite handily was the door to yeah. the office. I think they were laughing at you because you were wearing the full suit and trilby. Almost certainly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's experiences like that when it comes to VR, like especially with first-person shooters. There's a lot of multiplayer first-person shooters, like mm-hmm. uh, Pavlov, for example, is kind of like Counter-Strike, but in mm-hmm. VR. Yeah. Being able to just reload your gun and have it kind of feel like you're reloading the gun, it makes a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Cardi was saying about how in Blood and Truth, like you can chuck the magazines in yeah. the air and then catch them in the butt of the equilibrium gun. equilibrium shit. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm pretty crazy. No, I mean... I had little to no interest in VR and I've definitely heard a couple of things now that I'm actually made, like yeah. the LA Noir one specifically what, what about all the missions those bollocks missions where you just have to chase people through alleys there is there is an experience like that when but I think it's them. only done once isn't it like, like, it, it cuts so much of them down because yeah that isn't like it doesn't the, really work because no. there's different control schemes as well yeah. and one of them is for you to do, do that it. Oh, no, and no, it's no, so no. stupid no, no, but no, by no, that because no. nobody at home can see that basically you have yeah. to swing your arms left and right as if you're running that is not very good that yeah <laughs> luckily most of the driving is like obviously you sit down and you drive and you hold the wheel in your physical okay. hands and like it's weird to be able to like just lean back and look <laughs> over your shoulder and see out driving. the back of the car and then yeah. like and then crash when you're like, <laughs> yes, look yeah. the wrong way and you get real whiplash from it <laughs> yeah. oh that sounds good anyway we're moving on the endless search inside it's a uk agn crew yeah yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Matt. You've come prepared with a game today. I have, yes. We're gonna be doing a glorious round of PG tips. Oh, PG tips. Give us a quick yeah, uh, for anybody, PG tips yeah, is. for anybody that's missed an episode where we've done PG tips before, basically what it is is Jesse pointed <laughs> himself there. By the way, you work no, here. He's supposed to know all the games. <laughs> so I've got five films here, and you're gonna have to guess what the film is. But the clues that you're gonna get are actually the descriptions of things in the film on the parental guidance section of IMDb. Okay. Now the thing is, is they're not from the BBFC or the Motion Picture Association or anything like that. These are ones that have been written by user submitted. User submitted. So nice. some of the them maniacs. are bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Most who, has, who has time to do that? Who has time to go to IMDb, create an account and then Luckily, put these things in? the people that are crowd sourcing our the, game. This game, yes. Yeah, so I really <laughs> appreciate all of you. I remember a period, I don't know if you guys did it as well, but as soon as I saw a film, 
I'd come out of cinema. The first thing I'd do is go to IMDb and read their little message boards off of the films page. I'd look at the trivia, but I've never. I didn't know they had me? like specific. I just wanted to see like what other like proper nerdy people who were like <laughs> yeah. obsessed about little details thought about these films. And at that yeah. time, it was the only place I had to go and get the right, information. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry that. Right. <laughs> off track there. So there are five films. Um, obviously, a point for each film, mm-hmm. um, and then there is a link. Oh. And if you get the link, you get two points. So you know, if it's very close, there is the chance to take over. Okay. Sweet. Right. So, film one. Clue one. Okay. The two main characters drink and take ecstasy in one scene. It shows the effects of the drug, but in a very dark and unappealing light. Wolf of Wall Street. No. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. No. The Hangover. No. Shit. Okay. Several... Several camera shots focus on the main character's battered feet. We watch as she attends to black, broken, and bleeding toenails. Pulp Fiction? No. I was thinking immediately you go to Tarantino when yeah, you hear feet, you think right? Feet. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say Kill Bills, or just no. in case. Oh, damn it. Um, uh, sorry, can you. What was the last little bit of that? Black and. Uh, we watch as she attends to black, broken, and bleeding toenails. Oh my god. Um, Sore. No. There's only one guy who likes feet, and it's Tarantino. I can't think of anything. There's definitely more than one guy. Apparently, Joss Whedon's quite into feet as well. (laughs) Great. Right. hmm. Next one. Repeatedly, she picks at the skin around her fingernails and scratches her back viciously. She has awful hallucinations in which she sees herself tearing bloody strips of skin away from her fingers. Oh, my God. Requiem for a dream? No. Crap, I haven't seen that. That is closer to the vibe of this film. Okay. Um... Oh, so I feel like it's, it's not a horror film or a comedy. I mean, I'm struggling. Some people think it's a horror record. <laughs> so, in the same, this is. I think it's a horror film, but it is a horror film in the sort of way that Requiem is. Oh, okay. It's not. It's not Jacob's Ladder, is it? No. Damn. I'm blanking. Right. Yeah. Last clue. I hope you get it from oh, this. Okay. Word. A character's hallucinations include watching herself metamorphosing into a swan. Oh, black swan. Yes. Yeah, Shit. Okay. There we go. <laughs> There we go. One to Dale. Yep. I liked Black Swan. I it think was a so good film. Black Swan, I think, was my favourite film of that year, which I think was 2011 for us. It was 2010 uh, in the you, States. I'm not sure I've your, ever seen it. Would you before? say it's your favourite Aronofsky film? Yes. I'd say The Wrestler. The Wrestler is very the good. Wrestler. I still need to watch that. Yeah. You are into your wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I love so. The Wrestler. It's brilliant. Whereas, uh, you know, a wanky look at the <laughs> horrors of being a ballet dancer, slightly <laughs> yeah. more my speed. Right. Next one. At the beginning of the film... A character is shown boxing shirtless. Creed, Rocky, Rocky One, Rocky Two. Oh, right, calm Creed, down. Four, five, six, Creed One, Creed Two. You know I do these to Rocky put you Balboa. off. <laughs> Million Dollar Baby. No, damn. Clue two. The film contains numerous scenes of very comical action violence, mostly involving gun firing and hand-to-hand combat. Rush Hour. When I when I say these films are, if it's in the series, you'll you'll yeah, you'll let, let you, me know, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so I don't have to say all the numbers. Um, <laughs> oh God! Hands, wait, what kind of hand to hand combat did you mention? That or just hand to hand? No, combat? just hand to hand combat. All right. Mm. The Expendables. No, but I Jesse, you're closer. Okay. Give us the next clue. All the members of the team are seen being injected with tracking chips. Suicide Squad. Uh, yes. There oh, we go. Nice, that nice. film was shit. <laughs> yeah, you were you would have definitely got it from the last one, which is every time the villain is on screen, he displays a disturbing behaviour, such as lying in the middle of knives and guns while laughing and laughing oh, while yeah, firing was, a machine gun. Gosh, that was terrible. Right. 
An enormous, so film three here. Okay. An enormous squid-like creature with numerous tentacles and razor-sharp teeth attack the characters. Attack the block? No. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? No. Um, but I can see where you got that from. I mean, it's not in the, the film, thing? but Watchmen? No. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, God. Uh, right. Star Wars? No. Damn it. There was a scene in, what was it, The Force... Awakened? I mean, are you yeah, thinking of like a Salic pit? No, he's thinking in uh, Force Awakens when, when on the ship, oh, Han Solo's like freighter ship thing. Yeah, that yeah. giant blob going mm-hmm. down the hallway. Is, is there a scene of Men in Black when that happens? No, damn. I mean, there might I mean, be. No, almost definitely. Right, clue two. <laughs> there is a brief scene in which a creature is tortured. The creature's screams can be heard, and their hands are shown. Independence Day. Harry Potter. <laughs> no. <laughs> Alien Autopsy. <laughs> That's a film we haven't heard in a while. <laughs> was that the Anton Deck yeah. one? Fucking hell. That sounds terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> um, oh, God. Aliens versus Predator. There's one of you that I'm very disappointed in now. Okay, it's me. Oh, it's me. <laughs> right, um, next one. A man dives into a river and then it's shot by archers. The man is seen floating dead with several arrows protruding from his back. Is it Lord back. of the Rings? Fellowship of the Ring. Yes, yeah. Dale. Oh, <laughs> that's not fair. That's not fair. Give Jesse that. That's, All right, Jesse can have it. Sweet. <laughs> he he gave you such a look that was obvious. You say the film titles and you didn't oh, do no, anything. Last time I played this, I remember just saying the name of the you film. Did, not but the you're specific. not gonna. You're not gonna I learn. Know. You're not gonna I'm, lose I'm, a point. I've, I've learned now. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I I thought Jesse, you might have got that from the first one because yeah. the Watcher in the Water. Yeah. Um, Wait, where's the giant squid? Um, it's the Watcher when... in the Water outside Moria. Yeah. Oh, I barely remember those films. Because mm-hmm. they're shite. Uh, and then that's the last things you don't mean, Dale. <laughs> that's going to get me some bad. <laughs> uh, don't do I'm typing the emails now. <laughs> Would you have got it by the last one, Jesse? So, well, you got it by the, the arches, because obviously that's when uh, Isildur's going down the yeah. river. Um, but then Cast the other one was... the fire. <laughs> nope. uh, one of the main characters is stabbed in the shoulder. He screams, we see him later near death with a bloody wound. <laughs> oh yep. God. Right. Okay. Film four. A teen boy kisses a teen girl and she kisses him back. Juno. Uh, no. Stranger uh, Things episode one. <laughs> what was that other film? I mean, <laughs> like every other it, film. It chapter one. There we go, Dale. That's it. Yes. Shit. <laughs> yes. yes, please. Are you actually keeping count of these? Uh, well, you've yeah, won so. now, right? Well, no, because isn't it isn't it like you would count that where it's, you get more points how earlier you get it? Earlier. No, 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 no. Oh, so okay. you just have to get the film, but obviously, so so you got Black Swan. Then, okay. Uh, Jesse got Suicide Squad. That's no, two all. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, yep. so to all. So it's all to play for. Do you want to know what the other bits were from, yeah, from the it, it one? There was, we see several sheep being killed with a bolt gun. That would okay. have been really but, obvious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there is a scene where a villain's mouth and hand is ripped open, showing mantis or werewolf-like skin. Mm. And then the main character accepts his brother's death by just finding his raincoat. It's really emotional because his main goal was to find his brother alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. Sad. Okay, the last one. Right, I'm not entirely sure if either of you have seen this film, but I okay. picked the ones that are quite obvious, so that even if you've only seen trailers, you should know what this one will right. be. Trailers, so it can't um, be too old. What? <laughs> well, who's watching a trailer for a really old film that you might? I mean, not you know, trailers seen. did exist. Yeah, 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 I know. You might have seen it four years ago. The trailers in it, and mm. also your definition of really old is it came out in 1989 or something. <laughs> that's mad old. <laughs> There was a scene that featured an entire group of scientists being shot dead by the villain character's madmen. Oh my god. Goldeneye. No. 
<laughs> a character is killed with a laser beam to the chest. They scream for a couple of seconds before being disintegrated. First class. No. Oh. God. Oh. Men in black? No. There were a few jokes made throughout the film that implied that the monsters were probably having sexual intercourse with one another. It's not Independence Day, is it? War of the Worlds, no. Oh, Mars Attacks, no. Oh, is that the one with like the little, little Martians? Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> well, right. Can't remember the last one. Film. During one of the battle scenes, one of the monsters manages to tear off one of another monster's heads with his jaws. Little blood is shown during the scene. Jurassic Park, uh, no. no. Wait, we'd say dinosaurs, not monsters. Starship yeah. Troopers, no. That you're you're getting there. Okay, okay. Um, God. Wait, can you say that last one again? Yeah. During one of the battle scenes, one of the monsters manages to tear off one of another monster's heads oh, with Kong? his jaws. Uh, um, Godzilla, uh, one of those. Yes. <laughs> Kong uh, Island, Skull Island. No, uh, so... Uh, Godzilla, Godzilla. <laughs> King of the Monsters. Yes. That one, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it, actually. No, mm-hmm. I do know it, though. Well, there we go. I tried to was a, build up to yeah. something that was quite obviously a kaiju battle. <laughs> yeah. So, Dale... Technically wins. Well, we've got the link there. But what's the link? I want to say it's, they've all got people who are in Stranger Things. Ding, there. ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we who go. those people are. So uh, in Sorry. Black Swan is Winona, Winona Ryder. Ryder. Yeah. Um, Didn't know she was in. David Harbour is in Suicide Squad. Plays oh, Dexter yeah. Tolliver. Of course, yeah. Um, Sean Astin is in yeah. is Samwise in, in uh, R.I.P. Bob. Love that Yeah, boy. Uh, Finn Wolfhard obviously is in it. Yeah. And uh, Millie Bobby Brown is in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. Oh, well Congratulations, yeah. Dale. Right. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, let's move on to feedback. Uh, by the way, if you want to send in feedback, it's IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. We got a lot of good ones this week, but please keep sending them in. Um, so we've got, we're actually going to read four this week because I, I liked all of them we got. Matt, you're up first. Okay, I'll start with this one. Uh, this is from Lloyd-Jones. And he goes, uh, I was getting off my regular train at London Marlborough the other day and noticed a man getting off the train with some interesting arm tattoos. Probably a handsome man. I yeah, guess. I'd imagine he would yeah, be. I I like so. a winning smile, sort of good beard. <laughs> As I got a little closer, I realised that it was none other than IGN's Dale Driver. That's mad. He yeah. takes trains. <laughs> so my question to him and, and the rest of the team, do they have any tattoos and what are they of and why? Also, Dale, what's Wickham's best takeaway? <laughs> Before I preface this, I want to say I chose that email out there because I never get emails about me and it was nice to see one for a change. I was like, I want to, I want to speak about I want a little narcissism moment. You know? uh, so Wickham's best takeaway. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of good Indian restaurants. Good. Um, there's one called the Curry Centre, which is pretty good. It's a crap name, but a really nice place. Uh, there's, a lot, there's also this fantastic takeaway restaurant. You may have called heard Nando's. of Nando's. <laughs> you just stepped all over my goddamn joke. I was just going to say McDonald's. But yeah. <laughs> uh, no, apart from that, it's, it's not like London for food. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, tattoos. Who else has got tattoos? Nobody, Nothing. I no. think. Not even Al, Joe, Card. No, nobody. No, has. I don't think they do. Yeah, it's just me. Um, Toe Boy the Office. Yeah, there's it's a mixed bag. Um, I've got some that mean something to me. Some a lot that are music lyrics. Sure, I've got Jeff Buckley, Elbow, Pink Floyd. I've got one. My right arm is full of all Pink Floyd album covers yeah, that sort of good. made into a montage. But then my left arm is basically just things that when I was like 26, I just thought that looks cool. <laughs> Stick it on my arm, which is things like schools and playing cards and stars and 
all the typical they stuff. They go shot. to ever quite nicely, though. It's not like they yeah. look like they're just... Well, I mean, I, I was very specific that I wanted mm-hmm. one colour scheme, which was red and black yeah. on that arm, <laughs> and this one's all multicoloured. I've, yeah. I've got a little bit of pink on this one because I've got the prism from Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. And I remember my niece, when she was about six or something, she looked at it, she went, ha ha, you've got pink on your arm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I chose and paid to get pink on my arm. Uh, I've got a Street Fighter tattoo on my inside of my wrist as well. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, is that a quarter code? circle pinch? Yeah. Let's have a look, mm-hmm. yeah. It's really like faded now and it's gone really oh, crappy, right. but it's a quarter circle pinch. I'm also going to be getting a new one soon. Um, we're going to get a David Bowie Ziggy Sardis, I think. Very good. Called. And um, I want a Millennium Falcon on my arm. I don't know when that's going to okay, happen, but mm-hmm. Gav's girlfriend is a tattoo artist. Yes, and she's very good. Yeah, so I think I'm going to try and make that happen mm-hmm. at some point. Like quite a, is it the Bowie one? Are you going to have like actual Bowie's face or are you going to uh, have I like think, the lightning bolts? Yeah, I think the lightning bolt are maybe like the outline of his face, but yeah. coloured in the, the start. I think it's, it's something me and my wife have been talking about for ages. We're both huge Bowie fans. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like, it's like, just a further enough step away from getting your name tattooed on each other's arm. But if we got something that was matching, we thought that'd I be like quite that. cool. Yeah, yeah. there's because um, I'm surprised it's it's that and not a lost because you've already got the so, lost. Oh yeah, thing, sorry, I've got a lost. I've got the Darren Initiative logo, yeah. man. That was the very mm. first tattoo I got as What's well. It? Yeah, I remember waking up the next day after getting that tattoo and fucking, what have I done to myself? <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then the more you get, the less you care about. How, that sort of how stuff. far into lost? had the season gone so season 5 when I got the tattoo done right. so how many seasons are there 6 and it okay. hadn't been it's a good job I like the ending because I could have yeah. really I mean I could always get it removed if I wanted to but it's like one of those things that if I got like I was super into Dexter at one point if I got that and then the <laughs> yeah. fucking ending that Dexter got yeah, Christ exactly, yeah. it's like going to Daenerys get a tattoo of a boat him on the boat <laughs> at the end I am um, I actually, so I was on my honeymoon recently and we went to Hawaii and the main reason we went to Hawaii is to do some Lost yeah. Tours because we're massively into it. And then the guy on the tour guide, he was doing a lot of pop quizzes and I could tell he gets a lot of people on on that tour who like Lost and watched it, yeah. but don't obsess over it. He did not know what he was, <laughs> he was in for when I got on that arm. Like, and immediately at one point I was like, yeah, I do actually have a tattoo on my arm of Lost and he just couldn't believe it. I showed him like things from my wedding that were themed around mm-hmm. Lost. And yeah, you made as a match then, basically. Well, yeah, but I felt bad for the other people on the tour because I, like, I kept answering every question. So you're like the nerdy like, kid in class, just kept raising their hand. Well, I was super nerdy. I just kept shouting <laughs> them out, and then I had to apologise. Someone's like, "I'm really sorry. I'm going to shut up now and let you guys try and answer some of the questions as well." But, How noble of you! Don't yeah, no, but they were, they were fine. They thought it was yeah. funny that I knew so much about Lost. Anyway, we got sidetracked. Next piece of feedback. Who was that from? That first one. That was from Lloyd Jones. Lloyd. If you see me on the train, just come over and say hello. It's fine. I'd rather that than hear tales about someone creepily staring at me <laughs> from the distance. But no, absolutely. If you see us in like, I'm sure I can speak for everyone. If you yeah, see us yeah. Now, yeah. Just come and say hello. Say you listen to a podcast. All good. We are, as, as much as we are like people that do podcasts, we are just normal people absolutely. that like films and games. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm dirt average, man. Just, go <laughs> to, just come and talk to me. I'm just a normal dude. That's no, fine. Anyway, uh, this is from Adam Denby. It says, Sup, boys. Just got back from Toy Story 4. It was great. Thanks for the recommendation. Thinking about your cat comparison story last week, I also noticed the first few minutes of the film, Andy looks nothing like he did in Toy Story OG. <laughs> I didn't even recognise him. He used to look like a balloon with a face drawn on it. <laughs> you know, in, Toy, they, in that video he's talking about that I was doing the rounds on the internet, they just talk about how the people, like they just felt they couldn't, they put them in as mm-hmm. little as possible like you just see their legs or their feet or something yeah. like that like Sid looks fucked in that yeah. film he looks messed up I mean yeah you don't think about it too much unless you go back and look at comparisons mm. or actually look yeah. at it now like I watched A Bug's Life recently and I'm like <laughs> fuck me that looks dated as well I think like, the thing is there was 
I almost feel like part of the reason why Toy Story is Toy Story is the fact that like you could do CG at that time and toys would look like toys yeah. and that's why they're not in it that much because it's like it's a really sensible decision to go we're going to make a film about toys because we can make toys Absolutely, look yeah. like plastic yeah yeah definitely anyway uh, Adam continues got me thinking we have no end of remasters for games and no more that are no more than 10 years old but we don't really have anything like that for the film industry i do not count georgie star wars <laughs> i imagine the audio and performances would change some animation textures character models can get some visual upgrades would love to know what you guys think about this he goes on to a bit about crisps but we should answer mm-hmm. that bit first so uh, remasters are a part of the film industry but yeah. not in the way that they are for games so for example like the remastering of the godfather when it went to 4k yeah, and, yeah. and you know when um blu-rays came out especially i can remember watching that film and it felt like watching I t- actually i won't use the godfather i use back to the future as my example yeah I remember when that came out on blu-ray it felt like i was watching a film that had come out yesterday it yeah. looks yeah. so good yeah and they they do um so there's also things like director's cuts yeah as well mm. i mean to be fair director's cuts don't seem to happen that much anymore. no i guess I it's mean, because the uh, the physical yeah. industry has declined mm-hmm. and yeah. there's not a demand for it mm-hmm. but i think it what it is a case of is like it doesn't happen in the same way that video games do no in the way that like especially at the moment like they're being churned out in terms of remasters but like it's not every day you get like for example one of my favorite films is blade runner and blade runner has been through four distinct yeah, cuts absolutely, now yeah. uh, apocalypse now i think yeah, is about to get final cuts. Yeah. Now. yeah uh and so they do happen but i think it's the interesting form. thing about toy story is that because it is a cg film realistically with a lot of money you could probably open those files and reskin all of those characters Absolutely, with new yeah, textures yeah. and so it would be interesting to see because I don't think there's actually anything wrong with the animation of Toy Story no. it's just the I'm sure there, physical I'm sure rendering effect the guys who made it consider the yeah. problems with the animation I see what you're saying I think yeah it's more it's always seems to me like the lighting and shading and the textures mm-hmm. that are the things that suffer from like being dated um, but I think no, there's there's also ways of like you know there's countless either films or TV shows that go into the like they get remastered for or get reconfigured for different media yeah. as well I just think it's a you know it's obviously a different form of media it can't follow the same rules that mm-hmm. video games do but I think if there's any that is susceptible to it is what you said is like uh, Pixar films and CGI yeah. films mm-hmm. Would would you ever would you ever want something like that though? Like I a mean, few years down the line if you see you know Toy Story 1 coming to I the really cinemas don't, again. Do you know what I know it's a, like in our um, sort of bubble, there's a lot of people who seem to dislike when things get remade. It yeah. never really bothers me because I just think, you know, it's it's for a new generation of kids, mm-hmm. you know, or if it's a child's film. Yeah. It's just for a new generation of people. It doesn't affect my enjoyment of the original. Even when yeah, they release sure. sequels that are terrible, like like they've released that crap Men in Black sequel. Yeah. I've not seen it, but it doesn't change the fact that I still love the first Men Yeah, in you Black. still have the appreciation of the originals mm-hmm. and yeah, stuff. I think yeah, people I, get a bit precious about people, it. You know, the whole sort of like, oh, it's pissing all over the grave of the originals, yeah, but God, I don't yeah. Yeah, like you get can that. Still, you always have access to the original, mm-hmm. so it should never yeah. be a problem. And generally in this age of like rampant consumerism and stuff like that you can always buy the original version that is going to exist and so even if you haven't watched it for 20 years let's say you can probably go on Amazon or walk into HMVs if they still exist and buy the original version probably you know remastered into 4K and it'll look really nice (laughs) I um like I saw some people moaning about um, like Toy Story 4 like mm-hmm. existing yeah and then uh, but my six year old niece went to watch it the other day and she had an amazing time Good. she watched it in 3D first film yeah. she'd ever seen in 3D <laughs> that's really cool and it was incredible for her like it blew yeah. her mind and mm-hmm. it's like why like we 
do we value our childhood over someone else's childhood? It's like, yeah, exactly. let, them in, let the next mm-hmm. generation enjoy yeah. things as well. The same thing, uh, in, I would like to see like the film industry maybe kind of re-push older films as well. And the idea hmm. of kind of like, it, I can remember going to, so I saw obviously Toy Story when I'd be like five but when I was at university, they re-released Toy Story. They did it actually in 3D. They literally went back into all the files and put a second camera into <laughs> the film. I went and saw it. And it's like, sometimes it might be nice if cinemas just did a little bit more of a kind of like, kids can come and watch films that were from yeah. maybe their parents' generation and experience it in a cinema as films are supposed Absolutely, to. yeah. Like, like, but there I are never, cinemas that still do that, though. You have like Curzon and a few in like the West End. It's that not a white... And the thing is, in London... It's very, very common where, like, yeah. me and Dale are from, yeah. sort of, yes. like, in the Midlands, yeah, that stuff happen. doesn't happen. Right. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, I think that's a great shot. Anyway, back to Adam's email. He says, also, a bit late on the crisps, but, one, <laughs> those Transformer crisps that you built actually don't... Yeah. built but actually don't work yeah. so what do you want them to do mate <laughs> like, although I don't know about you but I'd always build them and then just eat it all yeah. as a complete unit every time so you're getting a lot of crisp there uh, <laughs> chipsticks bangers uh, do you remember that they're, they're a bit when you eat them they're really they, heavy on they salt so, and vinegar yeah, yeah, yeah. and they also are, like to go dental I've got quite deep crevices in my back teeth <laughs> yeah. so they just fill with chipsticks yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a sort of um, yeah you need to hard brush and mouthwash yeah. after that, <laughs> yeah. and uh, ready salted Pringles screw you Joe I also think ready salted Pringles are the best Pringles they're good they're no wait classic. sorry I read that as salt and vinegar ready salted Pringles are good yeah but they are probably not the best what's your favourite flavour salt and vinegar that's what I thought I misread it as salt and right okay Okay. What about you? What's your favorite favorite? Well, place? you have the base flavor, which is just like salted. So then you can yeah, get... Yeah, ready salted. That's what he's mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So usually when it comes to getting the ready salted ones, you'll have like an accompaniment with it. So like maybe some like dips or some shit. If I want... Sometimes whenever I'm at a party... More, is that not more of a Doritos yeah. thing? Even then with no, Doritos, I, mean, well, I don't Well, it, it, it can still work out and stuff like that. It's just another crisp. But yeah. if, if I want distinct flavors, and I, I like barbecue. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. I like the new ones they've got there. They've got a tikka masala flavor. See, I don't. I'm, I think really the, that one. the wilder the flavor is, the more disappointed I get because oh, really? I'm expecting yeah. it to be the exact <laughs> sort of thing. I like just... uh, they've got the Walkers equivalents called Stacks, and they've got like a paprika yes. flavor there. Yes. They are actually really nice. But that's a good base flavor. You yeah. know, you get the yeah. paprika, you put it on the crisp taste of paprika yeah because when, when you, you have try- five flavors or something like it's not going to taste one like of roast chicken with potatoes one, yeah one of the pringles ones is kind of like a teriyaki duck sort of thing and it's like they're trying to get through the taste of the cucumber the taste of the spring <laughs> onion the taste of the duck sauce that sounds you know, good like, though to be but fair. it's just but a it's mishmash it's not going to be good though that's yeah. the it's problem it's just a synthetic duck <laughs> flavor okay thanks for that adam and also write in with your favorite crisps let's keep this going <laughs> yeah. jesse you got the next one yeah, this is from Clive. Hi there, Clive. Afternoon, gentlemen. I was hoping you could help me since you have a platform for reaching hundreds of thousands of young adults at once. That includes me, most likely. Um, I get infuriated, some might say pointlessly, when I see people walking whilst listening to music through headphones and their phone is in their hand rather than their pocket. The frustration comes from a lack of understanding and I wish to know what this purpose is for. Maybe one of your listeners is a complete psychopath and follows the, this practice and could educate me, maybe even convert me if the reason is strong enough. Anything like like this piss pisses you buttes off i accept it's completely irrational but fuck me it can become a day ruiner thanks for your time you're doing a fucking wicked job clive a little x for a kiss right. i do that yeah i walk with my clive, phone in my hands. one like your name it's my middle yeah. name it's my dad's name appreciate the name <laughs> uh two i do that i'm pretty sure all the hosts of this podcast probably do something I, like I that think, as well yeah. so i i'm sort of 
So he doesn't, he doesn't like you listening to music for your phone, but still having your phone in your hand. I, I, I very I'm, not rarely, doing, I'm not looking at the album art. I'm like, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm on Twitter or something. Oh, yeah. So I do that. But so generally if I'm like on the tube platform, I'll be reading, you know, if I can yeah, still get signal or there's Wi-Fi. I, on the I think, platform. I think it's the thing that if you're just exclusively listening to music and you're walking down the street, why would you have your phone in your hand? But that's something I do. Oh, so I don't do that. It goes back in oh, my pocket. Oh, I see. So you're not yeah. looking at the screen. You're just holding your yeah, phone. Yeah, I think you're just holding your phone. And um, the phone is in their hand rather than a pocket. Oh, that, I mean, that is weird. And I guess the only way that is like, for example, my wife never wears like trousers with deep enough pockets to put a yeah. phone well, in. Is that so. not just because women's fashion is yeah, awful for that? Yeah. So she has to hold, if she was doing that, she'd have to hold a phone yeah. in her hand. Um, but why would you do it, Jesse? Because I just... It's because he's one of these generation no, Zedders, isn't he? Yeah. So. I, I, li- I like to have something in my in my hand. Like I always, I'm always just like fiddling with my keys or you something like, like that. You're like smoker or something. Yeah, you, are, totally. you are a fidgeter. There's yeah, the amount of times I, I I've seen your knees shaking during meetings. It's like, stop oh, it. Oh, this is because um, like whenever we're playing Siege, there's always like, what's the squeaky chair? And it's <laughs> yeah. always Jesse's chair. Yeah, like, I just, I, I need to have something like in my hands most of the time and stuff like okay. that. I just, that's just, that's just me. I guess my, I quite often, like if I'm walking around the city, I generally have like my my satchel with me and i I always sort of hold the strap to the satchel so that's might be my equivalent i can't think of anything i can think of things that annoy me (laughs) (laughs) what did he say at the end uh anything like this piss you off uh yeah lots of stuff especially when it comes to commuting people who get to the gates and then decide to get their ticket or something out and then it doesn't work and then they just keep trying it and and then they they look behind you and they're like it's not working like i don't care get out my way (laughs) (laughs) fucking idiots that's very much the london life though isn't it (laughs) people who stand on the wrong side of the escalators as well oh Um, man sometimes that's forgivable because they might not be from like it's the general rule no so so the thing that i've got is so you know how people you stand on the right on the escalator right and then people on the left is the overtaking lane yep that that seems to be for the most part aside from in like really touristy sections of london people adhere to that right when i'm going back and i'm getting off (laughs) fucking canada water which is no no bloody tourist is out there like the escalators fine everybody adheres to it when it's the stairs fucking free for it's like no stay (laughs) on the right i know what you mean it's like that baker street i come in a baker street every day and it's just this, the stairs are there is no rules there people I just do, don't get it every day it changes which stairs people are yeah. coming up it's, and down it's basic you learn it at school it's the same when you're at escalators they always say you know stick to the right they don't say that though they only say that in London really yeah I never knew that until I came to London yeah like, maybe, because, maybe because they're training you because they know you'll piss someone off if you're <laughs> on the tube or something like that it's because of the sheer amount of people in London they have to do that but yeah. Yeah. in everywhere else in the country or as far as I know it's, uh, that was never told to me escalators like you just, just aren't that popular outside of London well no there's just not as many yeah, people I know, I'm <laughs> in Wolverhampton where I'm from you wouldn't get you know the amount of people packed on an escalator in BHS or something <laughs> yeah something like something like, here we go we're going like irrational annoyance something like it did it's this morning actually proper did my head in is where the train's coming into the station and it's the last stop and the guy or some whoever has to stand up like three minutes before it comes into the station <laughs> and just go and stand and block you in the way. Oh. Or, or like I was standing up because there was no seats and a guy just comes up stood so close to me just because he was waiting for the station. It's like, you're not going to miss the station. <laughs> yeah. mate. Everybody's getting off. Why not like stand up when we actually, the train starts. It's, it's always like this mind race that you need to get off the train and get to the top of the stairs first. Yeah. That's what people it always do. It saves you no time at I all. Know. Like it, it's just... Oh, commuting, eh? Oh, there's a lot of things I can, I can speak forever about the annoyance of commuting. But anyway, make sure to take your bag off when you're on the tube. Yes, do that as well. Please, yes, take your bag off when you're on the tube because you hit people with it and it's very yeah. annoying. Anyway. Right, final bit of feedback. Yes, sorry, cool. I went on a rant there. Let's de-stress a bit. 
from Richard Taverner. So uh, he, he says, Hey guys, I love the podcast. I know you hate being shared with praise, so I'll get straight to the point. What do you think of the Netflix series Dark? Are you as confused as I am? It's really one of the best things I've seen on TV in recent years since Twin Peaks The Return. I'm halfway through the second season, so no spoilers, please. It would be nice to hear a discussion on TV shows that you that force you to think. Cheers from Rich. So, I'm thinking, you, have you, either of you guys watched so Dark? I, I've I, yet to see Dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I watched a couple of episodes of it, and I think when it came we quite enjoyed it but I think something else came around at the same time and distracted us and then I just sort of never went back and it's the sort of show I imagine it's quite hard to we'd have to watch yeah, it again yeah. I so I've watched season one I haven't started watching season two so therefore I cannot provide you any spoilers Rich yeah. Um, but yeah I think season one is even though kind of like it's been a while since it came out I think it came out kind of around sort of November December a year maybe two years ago yeah that sounds right it's been it's not it's not had like the season every year thing it's been a while and it was one of those shows that was like maybe they'll just never make a second season um and what i remember of it and i think i'm either gonna have to watch quite a deep dive youtube video recapping <laughs> it or watch it just again but i remember it being incredibly interesting and having and building up to a wonderful crescendo yeah um it's got have you watched any european dramas at all that are in this kind of weird space have you watched, uh, like, watched les revenants uh, i watched was it called rain i've not seen that that was on a netflix one as well right. but that was mm. um i think that was scandinavian actually what, what right. is the show actually about because i know so, nothing other than so the title. dark involved it, it's kind of like it's sort of set in the 1980s um, but it's it because you haven't had enough of yeah. that. No, no. <laughs> um, but it's to do with time travel, basically, okay. and there's all sorts of and it's a, it's around a group of kids, um, and it's to it's it's very family sort of focus in that there are different generations and the time travel revolves around that is it and a it, light show or is it like very serious oh no it's quite yeah, like yeah, yeah. as oh, anything okay. that comes from <laughs> yeah, Europe tends serious, to be yeah. right okay um, yeah um, but it's got very very good music it's got uh, say this kind of like it's got a mythos that you devote yourself to and I think okay. yeah it's kind of Dale I think yeah. go back to it but start from episode yeah, one again I can barely remember it and um, I remember it had like some of those shows tend to have is quite really bad English dubs that you oh can God, yeah, so you can turn them off and put the subtitles <laughs> yeah, on instead cool. which is just absolutely the, the dub was dreadful where is it originally shot like what language is it actually in isn't it, it German isn't it's, it is it German or is um, it it's, so I don't think it's so you French. can't talk about it and I'll go yeah. it's not so Les Revenon which is another one I've watched is French which is right, okay. about um, just a bunch of dead people come back from the dead one day but they're not zombies they're just like they're they're alive oh, Isn't that, okay. didn't that get remade as uh, an American I've, show yeah. Yeah. I thought the BBC did a show like that not too long ago it, Maybe it, it is German is it German yeah, yeah. Right, okay. mm-hmm. so is it similar to Stranger Things does it have that vibe well, is it a bit so more people, serious people when it first came out were just like oh it's European Stranger Things no it fucking isn't <laughs> it's it's like just because it's got some stuff in the 80s in it doesn't yeah. make it Stranger Things it's not about the nostalgia of that era it's got some really good bits where it like uses the music I think from the era Okay, but it's not about that nostalgia and it's not whereas Stranger Things is about pop culture this isn't so it kind of removes that there's it, no Dungeons it, it, and Dragons there's it's, no it's just, set, it's just set in the 80s and that's, yeah, yeah. And that's the mm-hmm. fact okay yeah. cool um, and it's yeah it's got I say it is a serious it, it takes its time travel elements very seriously cool and so if you want something to properly invest in it's a very good show for that yeah in terms of other shows he says and shows that force you to make you think uh, Les Revenants is a good one but also uh, Deutschland 83 is a really good uh, European show which is set in the Cold War and it's about a boy that um, basically gets recruited to I think he's in West Germany he goes to East Germany okay. or it might be the uh, other way around yeah no it's that way because right. he's from uh 
I can't actually. It's been so long since yeah. I watched that. I can't remember. It's either that he goes from like uh, east, and so he's get he is very used to being told what to do, and goes into the west where yeah, because everything's much more, more liberated. Yeah. Um, but he's acting as a spy because and it. But he's not supposed to be a spy. It's just because I think he looks like a spy that gets <laughs> oh, <God>. shot, <laughs> and it's very very like the whole. It's a proper full on Cold War drama, but yeah. the way it deals with the fish out of water element of it is very very good. Are these all? Uh, are these all on Netflix? So Deutschland eighty three is on f- all four, as it's called now, right, and it is okay. part of the. They've got like a foreign section, which I think is called Walter Presents, which okay. have all got very cherry picked you know the best of the shows that you've never watched because you don't live in Europe yeah. right we, we, we're going to be calling it 4AD for the rest of the time yeah, yeah. I, I can't break the habit of calling it 4AD I don't yeah. think all fours are, are better no, it's not change. at all is it all four mm-hmm. 4AD anyway. is easier to say right thank you very much for all those emails I uh, just want to do one last little thing remind people that we've got podcast 500 coming up mm-hmm. it's on August the 16th and it is going to be re- I think we announced it last week but just in case you missed it it's at the 100 Club which is in Oxford Street which is in central London so if you plan on coming make sure you book a hotel around that area I guess um also, our tickets will be going on sale soon. We'll do a full announcement. We'll like we'll do it here. We'll probably do it on our Twitter handles. Uh, we'll probably post it in the Duck Hunters group on Facebook if you're part of that as well. So that's it. We need a song to go out with. And yeah. what comes to mind is Material Girl. Yeah, let's go with it. Should we do that? Yes. Cool. All right. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.